This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Tom Andriola, Vice Chancellor and Chief Digital Officer at UC Irvine. Tom, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Laura, always a pleasure. Thank you. Now, it's always fun to speak with you. We've had you on the podcast many times in the past and certainly, you know, appreciate all the speaking you do with Becker's at our live and virtual events in articles of our website, which is awesome. For those who are just beginning to join the podcast and getting familiar with Becker's, could you introduce yourself and tell a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work backwards from my current role at uh, UC Irvine you know, as the vice chancellor for information technology and data, I also kind of carry the chief digital officer because that's a kind of a term people understand. But I've been here four years and get a chance to really work on technology, data, how it's transforming what we do at a university, which includes our health system. Uh, and so it really gives me kind of a broad purview to touch a lot of things. Prior to that, I was still was within the University of California system, working out of office of the president, where I was CIO for the system, including the CIO for UC Health, which is where all the UC uh, health enterprises work together. And I was a part of strategies like developing our clinical uh, data warehouse and big data strategy for healthcare. And before that, I was in the health uh, tech sector, where I was responsible for businesses selling software and software as a service to hospitals and clinics across the world. So I kind of have, you know, background of having been on the delivery side, having been on the product side, I was in med device before that, and as a strategist in healthcare. And so I just have this broad set of backgrounds that allow me to kind of come to work every day. And it's exciting in, in, in these times. It's like, how is technology and data really uh, giving us the opportunity to rethink you know, how we run the health enterprise, how we how we interact with our patients, how we put data in the hands of our patients for them to be more empowered around their care journey. I love that. And I think it's something that so many different health systems are trying to um, understand and figure out their strategy for the patient data and really delivering a better experience and care going forward. What are some of the opportunities and headwinds that you have your eye on right now? Yeah, I think, you know, We've talked about the last 10 years as being like really dynamic and lots of opportunities for transformation in the healthcare sector. I think the next 10 years may even be more so than we've seen in the last 10 years. As a matter of fact, you know, the podcast that I do is called Digital Square, living in an increasingly digital world, only because I see all of this coming at a faster and faster pace. Um, and I think we're going to see more disruption to old models and practices through things. And, and I'm not going to use that two-letter acronym that everyone's using in every conversation uh, in the world right now. But let's just talk about it. I think we're going to see tools that are going to allow us to rethink how we do everything within the healthcare setting. Um, I think one of the opportunities that is, I think, very uh, dynamic and um, let's just say critical is what's happening with the retailers coming into the healthcare space, the CVS, the Walmart, the Amazon, not just that they're entering in, but they're entering in and looking at this challenge that we have around 100 million Americans without a primary care 
physician that they have access to? And are they going to somehow fill that gap and really improve upon kind of the, the health equity situation that we have in the United States, at least? I see payment evolution. I mean, there's a lot of sponsoring of innovation around payment models, pushing more towards preventative measures, incentives to steer people away from being the high cost, high utilizer category uh, whenever possible. So payment reform and evolution, I think, is going to be. Uh, and then the health equity space, you know, uh, or whether it's you want to call it health equity or improve access to healthcare and services. You know, I, I do my board work in the health equity space. And so I think we're going to see continually uh, challenges uh, that are going to be both at the operational level and at the policy level. Uh, and then finally, I'll just end, everything is going more and more digital, right? Uh, technology is being used more and more. It's generating more data. We're trying to figure out how to use this data and, and drive into analytics to create better outcomes, whether that's around the patient, whether that's around the profit and loss statement, whether it's around the access dimension, the quality dimension. I just think, you know, those, those four things are, are really shaping the dialogue that we're having across the sector. That's fascinating to hear. And, and certainly, you know, having that focus on how technology is boosting um, the different aspects of the healthcare system operationally and clinically, and then thinking about the disruptors and the, you know, retailers coming into healthcare, trying to take a look at what they're doing and how that's going to shape patient expectations and the healthcare journey in the future. It's just, it seems like a fascinating time right now to be in healthcare and reimagining how healthcare delivery can happen. Yeah. And, you know, the disruption is a word that like people sometimes push back on. It's like, look, the, the disruption is not an overnight thing. You know, even if you look at the Netflix blockbuster story, right, the Amazon uh, Walden book story, I mean, the disruption happens over time, right? The disruption is about new ways to think about solving problems and reconfiguring of connections within the network. And I think that's what's going to happen a lot. And when you combine those disruptive forces in the market with enabling technologies that allow you to provide different ways of doing things. Um, it, it That's when you create kind of faster momentum around the types of changes. And that's the kind of the, the ingredients in the, you know, in the, in the boiling pot that I see right now happening in healthcare. I love that. I think that's such a great description and visualization of how healthcare is right now and how it's changing. From your perspective, how are you thinking about growth and adding value to UC Irvine in the future? Yeah, so it's, you know, uh, there's a lot of different ways you can talk about growth, right? Um, you know, growth could be about, you know, uh, growing access, growing revenues, you know, growing margins. You know, for us, there's a lot of growth right now coming in the form of, uh, you know, expanding our footprint, new delivery facilities, expanding research. We're doing incredible expansion of our research enterprise, which again, at you know, at a, at a university like ours that does teaching research as well as the delivery of care, you know, how they all work together is a critical part of our success form, uh, formula. And then also partnerships in the, in the community. Um, and so, you know, so I would say if we use the word growth, it's all about expansion of, of where we are, who we're able to touch, and who we're who we're working with. If I switch the word the value, right? I think you know the, the biggest thing, the role that I play within within my organization is helping us ask the right questions and trying to do so that we're more proactive for the things we need to be thinking about and building strategies around. 
uh, so that we're not caught behind the curve. And I think, again, some of the things we said earlier about the different you know, ingredients coming into the pot, I think it's a really important time to, to have those conversations and saying, are we asking the right question? Are, you know, uh, and is it the right time to ask that question as we continue to be agile in our strategies and adjust to the changes that are going on in the healthcare ecosystem? Absolutely. I, I think that's so important. I love the way you put that in being able to ask the right questions and really figure out whether you are ahead of the curve, what you need to do to, to get there in, in, you know, whether you're focused on the right things. I think that's so critical and such a great way to think about things as a leader. And two, I'm wondering, I, I know there's a lot happening right now and I think times are tough for a lot of uh, health systems, but what do you see as being one risk or investment that's still worth making this year? Yeah, um, I, I think so. So, you know, one of the questions I think uh, that we need to be asking ourselves is, how are we seeing what you know, the, the role that these retail um, organizations coming into the healthcare space, and and what is our strategic uh, decisions around doing that? Um, these organizations have tremendous reach. For example, uh, I always like to use the example of Walmart because ninety three percent of Americans live within ten miles of a Walmart. And if you think about 100 million Americans not having a primary care physician, what could that look like in the future? And then what happens in that scenario in terms of the role of a tertiary, quaternary uh, centric organization like us from a healthcare perspective, right? So I think that's one of the uh, risks slash strategic questions we have to be asking ourselves. Uh, the other investment that I think everyone needs to be doubling down on is their data scenario. Um, we're generating more data. We're being asked to use more data. Uh, we have now new tools that have come into the marketplace and captured everyone's attention that allow us to really think differently about un the unstructured data that we have within uh, the health ecosystem. Uh, we're getting better technologies to re reduce the friction for the flow of data between organizations. And so I think doubling down on your data strategy, making sure you've got you know, the right strategy, the right partners, the right level of investment is is one of those things that I think will continue to be under review. Got it. I think that's really helpful and interesting to know, you know, when you look at um, kind of all those needs as the healthcare space is evolving and changing, how do you, I guess, um, identify and then really move forward with the, these types of partnerships that, you know, may not have happened five or 10 years ago, but really seem to be on the forefront of where healthcare is headed? Yeah, I think, um, you know, use the word that I think is a really important word. It's a little bit overused, but I think when you put it in, put it in the context of what the word means, partnership, right? You know, up, you know, we buy a lot of things from a lot of companies, you know, uh, as a health delivery organization or any organization, especially technology products and services. But partners represent something different, right? Partnership, if you think about partnerships in your personal life, you know, there's give and take, there's compromise, there's building of trust and there's debits and, 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 and credits into, into that trust equation. And so, you know, when we think about the partners, we think about, we're going to have a small handful of them because you can only manage, you know, you can go, you only go deep and, and invest that level with, with a handful of partners. So who are those right partners? Is there the right give and take? And, 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 and how do you then manage those relationships in, in a different way of thinking, you know, if you're giving them access to more types of information about, the strategies you laid out or the way you're thinking about your strategies for how you put together value propositions with them 
in a way that you may not if they're just quote unquote a vendor, uh, you know, in the way that you think about them. So I, I think there's lots of ways to think about being in an ecosystem, um, you know, uh, where partners benefit from working together and partnerships sometimes are short-term partnerships around a situation and sometimes longer partnerships that are moving out with a five or 10 year horizon. I love that. And, and definitely it seems like a really solid way to keep an eye on, you know, what is happening today, but then with a close focus on where things are headed in the future. And speaking of that, before we wrap up, I was wondering if you could talk about some of the best opportunities that you see for UC Irvine going forward. Um, what really is there for growth and development and um, where do you see the future headed? Yeah, I think, I think you know, our, our growth strategy has been really, really well thought through and has been very successful. Again, I mentioned we're, you know, we're expanding our footprint, you know, both in terms of where we are, who we can get to, and also who we're partnered with to be able to deliver services throughout our community and our regions. Um, I, I think that one of the real value places, and, and I'm a little biased on this, right, because of, of my role is, you know, how do we, uh, how do we think, and this is not specific to UC Irvine Health or UC Irvine, you know, the, the, the total institution. But I think every company is asking themselves, how do we think of ourselves as a data company? Um, I had, it was a very, very interesting uh, event last week, you know, looking at um, the intersection of food and health, which is one of the spaces that I spend some time thinking about in terms of the preventative aspect of helping patients not become patients in the first place, but just be consumer of health services and the role of food. You know, how companies who are really see themselves as a data company and then using the tools uh, from that data, how they can really build competitive advantage, not only in how their products and services are consumed, you know, by their end customers, but also the agility that comes with being a kind of a data first company. And, you know, in this age of AI, everybody tick off your bingo card now, you know, this, this is really moving to a new level. You know, uh, AI is here to stay. Some of us have been using it for, you know, several years now in different forms. We now, through generative AI, have a new tool in the toolbox that we're only just starting to see the power of. But, you know, the question I think is uh, needs to be on everyone's, you know, kind of, you know, strategy sheet is if we were to start thinking of ourselves as a data company, how would we redesign our future? And so that's the opportunity I see. I think that's growth is going to be in that if you start to think that way. And I know there's some very innovative health companies out there across at least the U.S. that I get to talk to and, and compare notes with where they're thinking that way. And it's really uh, creating a different type of future that I think uh, how healthcare is going to work and also how patients are going to be able to interact with the healthcare ecosystem. That's fascinating to hear. And certainly that transition, you know, as you mentioned, is uh, really, really, really interesting to think about how healthcare could be changed and, and different. And as you see more systems and organizations thinking in that way, like a, a data company, uh, how are you seeing um, kind of some of the the teams and, and ways and, and thought around healthcare delivery evolving, will you need uh, different skill sets or is it just more of a sense of how um, getting, you know, the, the current teams in place to operationally function um, more closely with some of the, the data insights that you have now? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I've been at uh, several conferences over the last a month or two and the topic of workforce reskilling and upskilling has been in every 
uh, industry setting that I've been in. And uh, and so I would say this, right? There's there's two elements to this, right? There is like there is a common how do we upskill our current workforce to take more advantage of the new tools and technologies that are that we're bringing into the enterprise. You know, they're more data centric, for example, there might be more assistive AI, you know, into the equation, right? We have to upskill people to be literate and users of those technologies. And then there's as we reconfigure the way services work, you know, what is the skill set need? What's the workforce skill set need for that? And how is it different? And again, we play a unique role in that, right? We play it in terms of the delivery organization. We need to make sure the people on the line or in the office are having those skills. But then we also bring it back into a conversation with, within our teaching mission and talk about how does the curriculum need to evolve uh, in how we prepare healthcare professionals to go out and engage in their careers. And those conversations are happening. You know, I sit in some of those conversations where we present what's happening with the younger generations of people who are, let's say, are in their practicum or they're in their residency and they're starting to use these tools, but it's not yet something that we teach in the curriculum. How do we make those curricular decisions, which then will affect a whole generation of healthcare professionals who come forward? So to me, the workforce uh, topic is a big one with, with large-scale implica implications and will evolve over several years. That, that's so fascinating. Tom, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been really some amazing insights. And certainly, I always enjoy talking with you. I feel like I'm just challenged to think about things completely differently um, in, in, in really um, look at healthcare as its ideal and where it's headed um, in a very forward-looking way. So thank you, Tom, for being here again. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Laura, thanks for the opportunity. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.